Busy Birds. Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Ganal. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse, and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. Our guest today is the first Jordanian woman to summit Everest as well as the first Arab woman and the second Serbian woman summiting Everest from the north. She was also the first Arab to summit Manaslu. Crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome... Dolores Alshele. Welcome to the podcast, Dolores. Hi, Mariska. Good to see you. I haven't seen you for a while. (laughs) I know. It's always, you know, life happens and you get busy and you hang out at the mountains most of the time. Yes, yes. I'm going to try and stay on on the sea level for a while. (laughs) Awesome. So, Dolores, how did your sustainable journey actually start? I've got to be honest. It started approximately a year ago when I joined the Sustainable City. I became a resident here and I started working with them. Since then, I started developing my information on the climate change and that we as people are actually affecting uh, Mama Earth, as you say. So also the sustainability had, it's got a lot to do with what you do as well. And that is uh, climbing all of these mountains. Yes, I try to raise awareness as much as possible on the importance of the environment and nature in, uh, in life. And I really hope that what we are experiencing nowadays, the next generations would be able to. As you take me through the questions, I'm going to answer more about that. And also, uh, during my daily life, I really try as much as possible. I won't say that I'm the best in that, to be more sustainable. Uh, Sometimes it's just hard because not many people believe in that or you cannot find all the products that you you need in the market that are sustainable. So um, I get off the road sometimes (laughs) (laughs) in my sustainability plan, let's say, but I try my best again. So how did your your love for the mountains come about? Well, I've always loved nature since childhood. I've always been the brave child in the family, let's say, also in, into different sports growing up. For mountains in 2016, I wanted to try a new challenge in my life. I wanted to get out of the city life because I'm a city girl. I've been born and raised in a city. I've moved to work in a city. And I just wanted to be away. I wanted to reconnect with, with the mountains, with the nature, just to be away from all, all of the civili- civilization. And this is how I fell in love with the mountains. And I really wanted to continue doing that because it's not only the challenge of it. It's the whole thing. It's like connecting with different cultures, being out there, looking at the countries, looking on how they operate, being away from the civilization, as I said, looking at simpler ways of living your life. And you are the brand ambassador for Sustainable City in Dubai. And when we talk about sustainability, what are some of the challenges that you kind of faced on the mountain due to the pollution and also the climate change? So one of the things I've noticed um, while I was there, the weather changes, 
the constant weather changes and the guides who have over 20 years experience uh, in, in the mountain region, especially the Everest mountain region, they said that this year is actually one of the worst weather forecasts. Also, when I came back, I compared some photos of people who have climbed Everest from the North Col, from the side that I went uh, from, and the photos of, uh, of this year. And it was totally different because most of the parts, the snow has melted. Wow. Which made it, uh, of course, harder to climb. At the same time, I was shocked how global change has actually affected the mountain areas. And as you know, that the mountain regions are a very, very sensitive ecosystem in the world. Uh, not many people know that, and they don't know that the cleanest water comes from the mountain regions. Yeah, exactly, because we've got so many of our fresh water sources that's actually still frozen in glaciers and with that being melted exactly. away and also I believe now especially with Everest as well they have launched a massive cleanup campaign and there's many single-use plastic items that's no longer allowed on the mountains. Yes, that's from that's one of the things that I wanted to mention that's from the Nepali side so I hope that they're going to be actually strict about these things because from the side that I climbed from, and I knew that before climbing Everest, I knew that the government from that side, they're very strict about the polluting the mountain. So they came to the camp and they made sure that they have strict rules of not throwing trash all over and you wow. have to take it back with you and like then it's your problem what you're going to do, but you cannot leave any trash on the mountain. And I remember walking between camps, I can see like trash stations which was actually really impressive. If people like had to throw something on the way, that was impressive to see from the side that I climbed from. And I hope that from the Nepali side, it's some rules are going to be put for that. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, for me, that is something that I'm finding very hard to understand. And I climbed Kilimanjaro. And when I did it, I was told well, before I did it, I was told it's it's really dirty, you'll see trash everywhere. But since then, they also launched big cleanup campaigns and there was no not a real amount of trash there. You would see sometimes yeah, an odd see. thing, but it wasn't like people described previously. And for me, that is something that I find hard, that people try to go to these mountains to connect with nature, but then, you know, they leave they trash, trash behind, behind. Yeah. Yeah. it's sad to be honest and i've seen that also during my climb like some people i don't know if they don't care or maybe with exhaustion they don't think clearly and stuff uh, but i really think it's not only the mountains like any area people that go to that's na like nature and filled with green beautiful clear lakes and stuff they should really take care of these areas because this is what's left on earth and if we don't have that, you know, I believe that the stress levels rise in human beings because we are nature. We're supposed to be part of it since day one. But then with development, with, with all of that, with technology, I'm not saying that I'm against technology, but I mean, with life evolving and all of that, people, I think, started hiding behind, like, how, how can I say it? Like, they, they don't see much the importance of taking care of it exactly. in their daily life. No, that's true. And it's something that's so, so important. And, you know, I think once people actually connect with nature, once you see the like bigger picture, like the impacts that all of this pollution has on nature itself, 
And that, you know, we're not going to have this pretty planet anymore if we don't take care of it now. So it's really, it's become so, so important for us to actually do something about it. And it's affecting our health also. Like people, some people would say, oh, I don't care, for example, about nature. I don't care about that. And, but it's also polluting your body, like your lungs, because (laughs) nature is what clears (laughs) and cleans the air. And this is how you're surviving. So Exactly. Yeah. So obviously with you climbing like Everest, like, do you want to paint us a little picture on kind of how <laughs> it felt for you to be literally on top of the world? I wish I can paint like you and <laughs> be an artist. Well, give it a go. Like, okay, <laughs> let me express it all over. <laughs> maybe you could help me paint one or do one uh, with the recyclable items. Yeah, maybe, That would be nice, maybe. actually, if we do that. <laughs> I'll come help you with a couple of pieces, you know, just so I don't ruin it for you. (laughs) Well, I would say it's a mixture of colors. I wouldn't say it's bright and happy colors, and I wouldn't say it's dark and sad colors. But like anything in life, if you want to reach a goal, if you want to achieve something, you really have to go through different levels, different feelings, different thoughts. Standing on the top of the world, it was the most exciting moment for me, of course. I was so proud to stand there Also as a woman and like in my 20s, and this is something I really wanted to do before I reach my 30s. Like I just want, I like to put goals and like (laughs) break them (laughs) at a certain time. Also, there were like sad moments, exhaustion. I thought of uh, good moments. I thought of my supporters, my friends, my loved ones, my family, everyone in my life. And of course I was thinking, oh, I have to go down now. So there was a lot of fear because on the way down, it's just like much harder than going up, uh, going up the mountain. Yeah. Because it's more steep. You're already exhausted. It's been days and months and all of that. So So how long did it actually take you to get there from, from starting up to the top? So we, we, it's a two months journey, let's say less than two months journey. But uh, if we want to talk only about the summit uh, day, we started uh, from 8,300 meters camp, which is the last camp before pushing to the summit. And it took me personally nine and a half hours to reach the top of the world. And I only stayed for like 10, 15 minutes. I was begging for more, but they were like, uh, that's not good because the weather was really bad on the day I climbed. And this year, actually, this is why I mentioned the weather was really bad. The opening of the window was only like two days. So everyone wanted to climb. And this is why the traffic happened from the Nepali side, because the permits were more than the yeah. north side. But still, we also suffered some some traffic on, on the top of the world. So it, it was really bad. Like it was minus 38 with, uh, on a height of 8,850 meters. That's wow. not fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But did you feel like when you got there and if there was some sign or something and you looked at it and you kind of knew, okay, cool, I'm now here. Mm-hmm. Did you go like, okay, cool. Is this it? Is this really it? There's no like bells and whistles. No one's like playing music. <laughs> like this is it. <laughs> like, Did I train so hard for this? Cause you know, that's kind of how I felt when I got to the top, to the top of Kilimanjaro of and I was like, okay, I climbed for days and this is it. <laughs> it's beautiful though. The view is yeah. spectacular, but you know, I think everything kind of comes at once. You're tired. You, you know, you yes. kind of had this high expectations of 
everything and then you reach there like what what did that feel that did it feel that's why it was a mix of feelings because I was like I don't know I stood there and I was like oh my god I'm standing on the top of the world you know <laughs> and then I look around I'm like there's nothing and there's like mountains <laughs> small mountains you like you know like see you see like bumps it looks so nice though and then you see a bunch of people and the funny part was when I saw um, the people coming from the Nepali side so like from the south side and then the people coming from the north side, that was a fun part to see also on the summit. I think with the low oxygens and all of that and the exhaustion, it's just a shocking mm -hmm. feeling. I can say that. I was trying to take photos with flags, videos, whatever I can. Of course, it's like all a mess, whatever yeah. I have, which is normal. But <laughs> um, I was more of shocked rather than like, okay, this is it. It yeah. was more, yeah, it, it's just... It's beautiful. I, it. I think also because you've trained so long for this moment and, yeah, you know, you know <laughs> yeah. And when you only have like a 15 minute window and that's it, you know, you're kind of also going like, you know, I want to stay here for the whole day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some days you can do that. Yeah. I heard of people doing it for like 45 minutes or an wow. hour. They stay on the top and stuff, but the weather is much better okay. and there isn't much traffic. So we were trying to take turns. And that's with me choosing to summit at 1 a.m. Like I started walking 1 a.m. Some people started walking 5 p.m. that day or 7 p.m. Even my team, the team that I was supposed to be climbing the summit with, I went with another expedition, the Russian expedition, because they were climbing at midnight. So I chose to go midnight so I can get there during the day because mm -hmm. my team went at 7 p.m. Usually, people usually don't do that. I'm crazy enough to do it. <laughs> I have to admit they arrived around 4, I think, a.m., and it was really dark and cold. Like, it's already cold when there's sun. So imagine at night. Oh, wow, yeah. So I chose to do that on that okay. day. Yeah. So then you've got at least a little bit sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And yeah. um, so what advice would you give to people that want to start mountain climbing? To do you start... stop them? Do you like, no, no you're crazy, not. don't no. do it? I actually want people to do more climbing and go to the mountains. But of course, taking care of the environment and awesome. the surrounding of it, take the first step. A lot of people are like, oh my God, how did you do it? Well, um, uh, how did you do it? Well, I'm a human being, you know, we are all the same. So it's, it's only about the passion, the perseverance, the commitment. It does take a lot of training. And when I say training, it's also mental. Mm -hmm. You really need to surround yourself with people who are supportive of that you are one of them in oh, my life. You. <laughs> <laughs> you really need to also take care of your health as much as possible, uh, training, and it depends on the mountains. I'm more of a high altitude mountain climber. I'm not very technical, you know what I mean? Maybe I will develop that, but it depends on the mountain that the people want to climb. So it varies, the difficulties, the way you should train. Exactly, and I think it's also about putting one, one step in one foot in front of the other and exactly. just keep on going and yeah for me I've just done one mountain and I thought that was enough but now I'm wondering maybe another mm. one 
But it's really something that I feel is like a personal journey as well. And it it really made me appreciate the environment so much more. You know, when you see in some sections where you see like the nature and you see some animals which you've never even seen. Yes. And I was actually shocked yeah. to see a bird on 8,000 wow. and a half meters. I was like, what is this bird doing here? Wow. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Jeez, yeah, that's quite high. <laughs> So what would you kind of say is now the next adventure for you? For now, on the sea level, I must say that we at Diamond Developers and Sea Institute are working on a very exciting new project, which is launching a business incubator that is going to be certified by Dubai SME here in the sustainable city. It's going to be focused on developing entrepreneurs that are contributing to the social, economic, and environmental sustainability. Oh, wow. So, yes, this is something very important, and I'm so excited to be part of that. So, can anyone from the UAE or globally? It is globally and from the UAE. Yeah, it's expats and anywhere in the world. So, whoever has any kind of ideas and stuff that contribute to that, they're welcome. <laughs> awesome. That's that's for the sea level, for the other level, <laughs> for the mountains and any other adventures. Hopefully, I'm going to be planning a couple of them, but I cannot share unless I actually have it set. So we need to keep on watching your social media and <laughs> yes. hopefully we get some some hints and tips. Bit, yeah. I'll let you yeah. know. I'll let you know first. <laughs> awesome. So what would you say has been one of your most important decisions that you've made around Mama Earth? I'm trying to reduce the plastic bags, the straws. I'm straw free. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes it kills me because I'm like, okay, what do I do if I go to a place, you know, like, and they only have plastic or something. I'm also reducing the use of uh, plastic as much as possible. And I hope that I'm going to go plastic free soon. Um, You also gave me a couple of equipment, so I lost the bottle. (laughs) I need a new one. (laughs) Sorry, Mariska. So it's about little steps. Yeah, Yeah, well, that's awesome. I think that's really Um, important. And I try to talk to people around me about it. You know, I try to post about it. I try through my climbs, through through me doing all the sports and living a healthy life to to talk about that or to, to show people the positive side of it and how it's affecting me personally. So, yeah. Now we are going to move into our final five. So the first question is, what is one social media account or publication that you follow? <laughs> That's actually a very hard question. Oh, you I can don't... say designed by Mariska. I won't be a fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I don't have one account that I have to follow or I usually, like I, I switch between accounts. I don't have one special one to be honest so I can't say a name because there isn't one account that I'm following the whole time I follow different accounts different backgrounds Mm -hmm. um, just because I like to get insights from different people and lifestyles and all of that for the climate maybe Oshenia I'm following design by Mariska (laughs) (laughs) no I do follow you actually (laughs) of course the sustainable city (laughs) Leonardo DiCaprio's account, Novak Djokovic, athletes' accounts. So I have different kind of uh, audience that I follow, yeah. And what would you say is your hope for Mama Earth going forward? Inspire more people, 
go into more details as much as possible. Give more advice, like even daily tips, something that people who, like me, who like just a year ago learned about sustainability and how they can contribute to that, to know more details, help out with how to source out things to be more sustainable in our daily life. And what advice can you give our crazy birds this week to help out Mama Earth? <laughs> Go running. <I'm> just <laughs> well, yeah, um, if that's going to help them, definitely. Um, one of them, to make it easy, try to reduce the energy consumption in the house. Uh, try to reduce the water usage because I've seen a lot of people. I don't do that personally, like even before a year ago. Like they just open the tap and they leave it on. They have conversations or while brushing their teeth and stuff. So this is important to take care of these small things that we think they don't affect the environment, but they actually do. So these are some, some small tips that I would say. Reducing the plastic as much as possible. I know it's not easy, but it's doable. Nothing is impossible at the end. Connect more with nature to have more respect for it and to understand better how it works. Awesome. And what is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with people not yet on a sustainable journey? If people are around me, they already know how my life has evolved. I do try to share my story because I don't like to go and be like, yeah, you should do this. You know, I don't mm. like to, for people to feel like I'm trying to teach them in a, in a very direct way. So basically, maybe I share what I'm doing in my daily life or how I'm trying to change things in my life. And then this is how they start listening. Oh, okay, interesting. Like, why did you do this? Why did you do that? How did that change you? When they ask me, for example, about the mountains, like, why do we love it so much? And then I explain that and I give them more details how it makes me care more and more about the environment and the Mama Earth and all of these things. So it's more about a casual conversation of mm. my lifestyle and how I'm developing in it rather than just giving them facts and trying to, to convince them to believe in that. Awesome. Yeah. And where can people actually find you? You can find me on, on the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> you want to find me? Follow me to the mountains. I'm joking. Uh, they can find me on uh, Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn, but okay. I prefer Instagram the most. Okay, awesome. Yes. So we'll link that up for your crazy birds. So yeah, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and sharing about your love for the mountains. And yeah, I'm sure there's, there's loads of people that still love the mountain and would, would <laughs> love to know more about what you do. So I would highly yes. recommend, you know, to just check out if they need any profile. kind of advice I'm willing to give, a lot of people are reaching out and I'm happy to do that. Awesome. Yep. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mariska. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at mamaearthtalk.com. Follow at Design by Mariska on Instagram or email hello at mamaearthtalk.com. And let me know if there's a topic you'd like me to talk about. I love hearing from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every Monday. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds.